Hey there, language lovers. Shannon Kennedy here with Benny Lewis for a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast, where we're chatting with Corentin, who learned Dutch with us as a part of the Fluent in Three Months Challenge. Wondering what the challenge is? The Fluent in Three Months Challenge is a 90-day program where you aim to have a 15-minute conversation in your new language as a part of a supportive community. Want to learn more? Visit languagehacking.com slash challenge. And if you enjoy the podcast, you can find long-form versions of our episodes and more over at languagehacking.com slash Patreon. So be sure to check that out to get more information. Now, in our chat with Quarantin, we talk about living in Brussels and needing to learn Dutch, how to help your production in a language catch up to your comprehension, when to focus on one language learning skill and when you need to balance the four core skills, redefining yourself as a language learner, why the challenge helped Quarantin more than traditional language classes, taking control of your own language learning for success, and using a to-do app to coordinate with a team while language learning. So let's get into our chat with Quarantin. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 104. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hey there, language lovers. Shannon Kennedy here with Benny Lewis for a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. And today we're talking with one of our Fluent in Three Months Challenge past participants, Corentin who's going to tell us a little bit about his experience learning a new language with us in the challenge. But before we get into that, I want to take a step back. Can you let us know what really kind of kicked off your desire to learn languages? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say because it's really a long time ago. I, I started learning languages at school like everybody and it went quite okay. And then I think I was interested to uh, go and travel overseas and I studied overseas. I, I I worked in, in different countries and it all came very naturally. I learned languages because I had to follow other opportunity with uh, work or love or anything. Uh, I, I just had to, uh, to learn the language to do the things I wanted to do. So it's uh, especially important somewhere like Belgium to be able to learn languages. And when you did your day 90 video, you actually talked about how languages work in Belgium in particular. Could you tell us how, how did you decide on this topic and what kind of things did you talk about in that final video? Um, I did not really decide. Actually, we um, I just went to uh, see my neighbor who is, uh, who is Dutch speaking and I wanted to talk about something else. And then um, we just started talking and then I explained him the what the challenge was about. And, and naturally, we came to talk about languages because, um, yeah, like you say here in Brussels, in Belgium, anyway, languages are a big thing. Huh? We, uh, we always, all the day in, in our daily situation, we have to juggle between different languages. Uh, so it creates a lot of situations and everybody has stories about it. So um, that's how we, we talked about uh, using languages, about learning languages, about the challenge itself. And, and that's, that's how the conversation went to, uh, to completely a different uh, direction. Tell us a little bit about the language that you decided to learn in the challenge and what drew you to it. I've been living in Brussels for 15 years and uh, I can manage in Dutch. I, I work in Dutch, you know, here everything is bilingual. So um, the, the funny thing with Brussels is that in a, in a provisional environment, everybody's supposed to be able to talk in his own language. So I would talk to you in French, for example, and you would answer to me in English because those are both our mother tongues. So um, you need to know Dutch because you are going to work with people that are um, 
native Dutch speaking and you need to be able to understand what they say. According to your position, to the circumstances, then you also need to be able to speak. But then, I mean, I, I arrived in Belgium thinking that, that Dutch, I, without really knowing that, that Dutch was an important language. And then, like everybody, I had to learn here on the job. And that's it. So I learned the basics. I started to work. I started to live here and use my, my rusty Dutch to be able to uh, sort out most daily uh, situation. But then after 15 years here, I came to the kind of the observation that, all right, I still, when I still go into a conversation in Dutch or meetings, I'm afraid to lose important things. I feel that I'm, I'm missing the, um, I'm, I'm losing some kind of IQ, IQ points when, when I'm, when I'm speaking Dutch. So, and I said, okay, no, I've been here for a long time. I cannot stay. It's not possible to stay in this kind of, of situation. It doesn't correspond to the way I, I, I want to live here in, in Belgium. So I said, okay, then I have to uh, take again my, my learning in Dutch. And then I really want to go to a level where I don't feel um, going into a conversation with a handicap. Inside of this process, at around the day 60, you were finding that your comprehension was improving a lot faster than your production. And uh, this happens with a lot of language learners where they end up understanding more than they're able to say. So what steps did you take to be able to allow your production to catch up and to be able to start speaking Dutch a little bit better? Well, that, that's that's the thing where I did the, the things a bit differently from the other challenges because I entered a challenge with already quite a intermediate level in Dutch. And actually the biggest weak point, the, 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 really the point that I wanted to improve was really comprehension. So I, I don't know how, but I can always manage my way with the words I have. And, and anyway, here in Belgium, the people are used to, to, um, to non-native people. And a lot of the people I'm talking with are, they know French. So even if I invent a word in Dutch from French, they are going to understand it. So, I mean, we are used to, to, to this kind of, of mental mechanisms of, of understanding the other ones. So speaking, uh, production is not so much the thing that I wanted to improve. What I wanted to improve is when I'm in a conversation with different Flemish people, I don't want to be able I don't want to stop them. I don't want that they downgrade their conversation so that I can understand because they're not going to do it anyway. So I really wanted to focus on my comprehension. And, and this is what I did. So I, I tweaked a bit the objective of the challenge. I tweaked a bit the rules and I adjusted my, um, my, my learning activities to be able really to focus on the understanding. And then this is what I saw. So when I started to do the videos, I, I, instead of focusing on the speaking and being able to have a conversation, I really more focusing on be able to, to uh, verify that my comprehension was really improving. So, uh, it's not so much what was happening during the video than what was happening just before the video. What I did, it was, it was listening to something in Dutch, normal Dutch spoken uh, news or things like that. And then in the video, I was trying to explain what I understood. And at the beginning, I was listening, so I listened to, to 20 minute podcast in Dutch and I was able on the, I think on the first video or the second one, I was able to talk about it for five minutes. And then after, um, the second month, I was able to talk about it, um, uh, 10 minutes. <laughs> so it means that I could understand much more than at the beginning. And I, and then I was able to, uh, to talk about it longer. Um, you had asked a question in the challenge and I hope you don't mind that I do this. I'm actually going to turn it to Benny because I think, um, it'd be awesome to get his answer to your question. So your question was, 
How do you generally identify your weaknesses or the elements of language you want to improve? And how do you deduce what type of exercises or practice you have to do? Does it even make sense to organize your language learning according to elements to improve? Or should we just pay attention to always having a balanced learning mix and keep working on everything? Yeah, that is a very good question. And I know a lot of language learners do have that kind of approach where they're trying to split their attention between reading and writing and listening and speaking. And there's certain merits to that. And I I definitely have components of my learning that is split between everything equally. But ultimately, uh, especially in someone like your cases that like have a more of an intermediate level, I think it's so beneficial to just take something from the European Common Framework exams. So to take the official Dutch uh, exam, either as a mock version of the exam and to go through that with a teacher and to see which parts are you weakest at. So when I've done this in uh, as an intermediate and even as an advanced level learner, I've found that among all of the aspects of the exam, the listening comprehension tends to be my my weakest point. And that means that I know I need to work on that more. And in my uh, lessons with my teacher, I'll go through exercises that are really testing that, that I'm listening to people speaking very quickly and that my teachers has ask me very complex questions. So rather than me just repeating something from the audio I just heard, I have to try to extrapolate something a bit more complicated based on what I heard. And this really pushes me and it's frustrating. I would rather be doing the things I'm good at. I'd rather be speaking the language and uh, doing other things that I don't find as challenging. But by taking a mock exam uh, that you would be able to do in Dutch, and you can find plenty of them online, and going through that with a teacher and having it graded by a teacher, you don't even have to pay the 500 euro or whatever it would be to sit the, the real official exam. Just by going through that with a teacher, you'll find out what your weakest points are And then you can create a plan of action with your teacher to try to tackle that. So um, that is what I would personally recommend. I don't know if if that would be helpful or if you have any follow-up questions based on what I said there. I think it it really makes sense. And and, and after this conversation we we had online with the the community during the challenge, I I got a few recommendations that was also going in this direction and I, I did a bit of digging. And I found the um, proposal from Paul Nation, that is a linguist, that instead of dividing like the the European framework of the traditional speaking, listening, uh, uh, writing, and and whatever, and and it divides into um, input input based uh, activities, output based activities, formal language learning, and and, uh, fluency development. And um, it talked to me a lot because then it, it, it's saying that all have to be balanced and that they are all connected. Huh? And, and if you're, so you can improve one of those trends and you are going to get better at it, but then you are not going to benefit from the full power of having them all moving uh, at the same pace. So I think from my experience also during those three months where I was really focusing on understanding, yeah, you can focus on understanding and improve your understanding, but then you are creating some kind of depth with the other ones. And at some point, your um, your evolution is going to be blocked. I mean, it makes no sense to be a very good understander 
if you cannot also produce and you and 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 to be able when you speak you are going to improve also your understanding i mean your brain is connecting all those things so and something i like that you said during the challenge is that maybe the key is not so much finding the tricks and tools to learn a language but being able to redefine yourself as somebody who uh, not speaking the language is simply not an option can you tell us like how did you come up with, with this idea and how do you implement it in uh, like realistically within a, your project that really that was i think one of the the topic that most interested me and uh, i think that Shannon brought the topic in uh, in one of the articles she she shared with everybody and it was really an eye opener for me because i have the i have the impression that we can I mean, it, it came from an interview of someone that was uh, just explaining that motivation is not really an issue. I mean, it's not really a, a topic of interest for, for athletes. No, they, they're like, they're doing sports. They are training because their life is like that, because they define themselves like that. They don't it's like brushing your teeth. You don't need to motivate yourself to brush your teeth. No, if you have to motivate yourself is that somehow you did not integrate that you want to have your mouth clean and, and it's, it's not a problem for you. We can always try to um, hack or try to squeeze your agenda or try to uh, force yourself into finding new ways to, to do even more during your day. Uh, but I know for myself that I cannot do that on a long run if it doesn't mean anything for me. And I found it much more interesting to say, okay, why not doing these things? Because I could not live without doing that. Can I really picture myself in Belgium without being a good level in uh, in Dutch? Is is it the real me? Or am I able to live with that? No, not anymore. Not anymore. And I found that being able to say every time since I started the challenge and, and since I, I I started to think about this topic with the uh, the online conversation, I started. I, I had done moments where I wanted to. I started to uh, drop a bit with my learning. Uh, then uh, the, the question that comes to me is, all right, is it an option staying with my current level in Dutch? Do I want to be this person? And no, I don't want. And then it motivates me again to, uh, to learn again. And then I start to make space in my agenda. I start to say, all right, you're going to do everything. And it's going to be very difficult and stressful if you are trying to find five minutes here, five minutes there to be able to improve your Dutch. I mean, you, you can do that. Huh? And, 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 but I know that I cannot do that on a long period of time. And this is a long journey. So I can try to, 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 to squeeze my agenda. I can try to, to pressure myself to learn during three months. But then I know that my journey is probably another one or two years or maybe more. And I know that I don't want to be squeezing my agenda for the next two years. So the other option is to say, all right, if it's really meaningful for me, learning Dutch, being having a better level in Dutch, then what am I going to drop? Even not what I'm going to drop, because maybe something that I'm going to have to drop, but with an intermediate level, you can already do a lot of things in the foreign language. So I'm going to take an example. I can read the news in French, and it's going to go fast, and I'm going to read 10 articles, or I can read the news in Dutch. All right. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to learn less and I'm going to read only one article. Maybe. So what's going to be the difference on the first one? I'm going to get more information, but I won't learn anything in Dutch. And the second one, I will get less information, but I get, I'm going to get more Dutch. All right. So what's my priority? Is it about reading everything that's happening in the world or is it, is it, is it learning Dutch? You know, I can picture myself 10 years ago when I didn't have a, a smartphone and all those news coming to me, I could live with less information about the world. So, I mean, it's kind of a trade-off you have to, to, uh, to decide for yourself. Huh? Do, do you want to keep doing all those things that are, uh, that are filling your agenda right now and don't make any space for, for learning? Or do you accept that you are going to kind of downgrade some kind of your conversation in your daily life because you're downgrading them? 
but it allows you to learn a language and this is something that is a priority for you. And it's connected with, with getting outside of your comfort zone. No, you can, when we are afraid to speak in a foreign language, it's also because we, we, we don't feel comfortable. Huh? I mean, it's, 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 it's like you, you could communicate and have authentic communication with people you're interested in, in a foreign language, and you are going to have less flow of conversation, but you are going to make one step further to where, where you want to go. That is being able to speak better with them. So it's a, it's, it's a decision and being able to live with this kind of, of downgraded conversation and communication. Why? Because you are learning. It's a really good way to look at things. And I, I definitely like the idea of switching over some of what you're doing because you're right. We get so much input from so many different sources today and we don't necessarily need all of that. We can slow some of it down to make more time for our languages. At the end of the challenge, um, you are working with a local initiative in Brussels to help Ukrainian immigrants learn French. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I didn't work at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was very motivated because I, I'm kind of working since seven months on um, trying to bring some kind of the working methodologies I know from, from my work as a consultant to language learning. And that's really uh, fascinating. The opportunity, the opportunity it is to do something. Um, and then came the crisis in Ukraine. And then I, uh, I said, all right, that's, that, that's something. No, I'm going to, this is something I can do and I can bring to the people that are coming and then help them learning French. But it didn't work <laughs> because, because the thing is that right now, um, the, the traditional structure that are in place for language learning already are taking those initiatives to learn and they already have teachers that are willing to spend time to uh to, to teach the people that are coming and on the other side what the what appears a bit is that uh i mean those people right now don't really see learning i mean i'm talking about one month ago but the people are not really seeing it yet as a priority to learn the language so we cannot blame them huh? they didn't choose to come here um they didn't picture that they had suddenly to start over and start new languages and start a life even here i don't I'm not really sure that the people that are being fluent Ukraine right now are really thinking about making a life here. And it's very difficult to engage, I think, into something that is so difficult and so long-term uh, commitment of learning a language if, you, um, if you're not really sure that your life is going to be here. Maybe your energy is more into processing everything that you live, uh, caring about your loved ones and following the situation and trying to see how you can survive and get outside of this danger zone. But uh, I, I had the impression that learning a language was coming not as a priority for, for most of the people. And the structure are already in place. I mean, in Brussels, there are just so many options to, to learn French and Dutch. So, I mean, those got activated first and uh, somehow they don't really need me, which is uh, completely understandable. Okay, so moving back to your experience with the challenge then, before the challenge, you were attending language schools and that process wasn't really working out well for you. So could you tell us what would you find to be the biggest differences that made the challenge more beneficial to you compared to what would happen in those traditional language classes? Yeah, I think the, um, the big difference is that the challenge is trying to empower, empower you as a learner to manage your own learning. While most language schools and, and same thing with apps, same thing with books. They kind of want to walk you through a script that is kind of standard. So I think this way of there is one path to learn and you have to learn that first and you have to have those kind of conversation and you have to organize your learning that way. And by the way, you're not so much going to manage it because we are going to manage it for you. We know what's coming next. We know if you are going slow or not slow enough. 
uh, on, on a fast enough, we this way of of being really passive, being really not on the driver's seat of your learning is what I found in most in most language school. And I must say that I didn't try all the apps on Earth, but that's what I see every time I see another a new app. No? And I think this doesn't work. I think this, this, this work for a limited period of time, it can grab your attention. It can, uh, reboost your motivation somehow because the app is fancy, because, uh, it's gamified, because the teacher is engaging, because, um, because suddenly it's the, the, it's new year resolution and, and that's the only solution you have to learn a language. But I don't think this is going to work. I don't think it works on the long run. It didn't work for me on the long run. It was good to learn the basic, but then quite fast with all the languages I learned, I jumped into the bath and I started to learn another way. And what I liked with the challenge is that you come with a structured approach to help people take control over their learning. And the conversation is not so much, actually during the challenge, the conversation is not at all on, on grammatica, on, 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 uh, on vocabulary, on, on, on all the things where you are spending so much time in the language school. All the conversation, all the focus during the challenge is on how you can get better at learning, at learning languages and how, and, and all the things that you're providing, all the mindset that you're trying to foster, all the, the, um, I would say the dynamic that you're trying to kick off, uh, to, 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 to ignite, uh, within the community is to help people realize that they can and they should take control of their own learning. And I think this is, for, for me, this is the biggest value of the challenge is that you can, you see that it's possible that suddenly you take more control and traditional language education kind of tells you, and we are used to that, huh? that that's, it's very difficult. The teachers know much more than, than we do. And I think that we need the teachers. It's not that difficult. We need the teachers, but not to manage our learning. Managing our learning is something that if we, we can learn, we can do ourselves and once we have acquired the skills to be able to do that and we know how to navigate, we understand a bit what is going to be the journey of learning a language, then suddenly it's much more motivating. You go much more faster exactly to where you need to go. So just to kind of continue on this topic a little bit, because I think that this is really important and that taking control of your own learning is something that really helps you become a successful independent learner. So what a little bit more specifically, does that look like for you to take control? What sort of things did you do to take control of your learning? I'm, I'm much more of a top-down person. I'm quite analytical and I like to start with objectives, even if I don't know if it's that important in language learning, but um, I have in mind where I want to, what I want to improve first. Okay. There are, there are several things that I want to improve, but I know where is my priority right now. I know that improving my Dutch is too vague. It's too long-term. I'm not going to get any immediate benefits if I'm just working with this kind of long-term objective. So I, uh, I try to not breaking it down, but identifying really what, where, where was my priority right now? Because this is what is going to be, if I, if I'm able to improve right now on, on my comprehension, like I did during the challenge, I start, I decided with this objective because I know that this is the one that was going to give me more satisfaction if I can reach it. This is the one that is going to help me right now in my life right now. And, and we know it, that we need to those kind of accomplishment, those kind of, of, uh, reaching milestone, reaching objective, if we want to, to keep our energy to, 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 uh, to keep on learning. Then from that, I like to work, say, okay, if I want to reach this objective, what are the things, what I'm going to put in my mix, in my learning mix to be able to improve? Okay. What are the things, the, the, all the activities I want to do should be related with this objective. Okay. So 
knowing what we discussed before that you have to be a ba- you, you need to have a balance between the different strands of between the different categories of learning because they, they play with each other and, uh, and, and they are going to block you if you don't pay attention to them. But still, I, I, I make sure that everything I'm doing to learn is really focused to reaching this objective. Okay. I'm, I'm trying not to lose time with things that are going to take me somewhere else. Okay. It's like when you go to a, to, to a language school and you, um, learn the list of uh, fruits and uh, things like that. I, I just don't care. Or when you, when you used to, I used to give the example of, I mean, in, in all language schools I went, you, you do this exercise of you go to the tourist office and you ask direction to go to, uh, to wherever museum. It never happens in the real life. I don't care about it. I have Google Maps. I don't need to ask those kinds of things. So I, that's the same way for me. I, I try to design my learning mix so that I, I, uh, it's really, uh, geared, it's really focused toward this objective. Then one thing I really catch, I, I, I learned from your, uh, from the challenge is how you are going to check your progress. I think that the video stuff, the video thing where you, you, you record yourself and you can really see the difference and the evolution. I think it's very powerful. Uh, and you can use it in, in a lot of different ways. It's very difficult to, to see progress in language learning because it's so slow, because it's so complex, because, um, so, but I think this is one way, this way of recording yourself in a video, doing always the same thing months after months. I think this is very powerful. And, and, and this is really a tool that I, uh, that I, that I stole from you during the, during the challenge. Then I think that those are great because you need to know where you are. You need to, 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 to have an idea how you're going to check progress. It has to make sense in, on the long term. But really what makes a difference, I think, is, is really what's happening every day. So the, how you are going to be able to keep up with your routine and how you are going to select really those activities in the day to day. So keeping a routine. So like, like you are, you, there is this system in the, in the challenge where you are going to check in, uh, daily to say if you, if you've kept up with your routine, yes or no, and you took a commitment. And, and, and I think this is the basis of it. Huh? It's like, I think everybody say, okay, it's difficult to find 20 minutes. But if five years ago I had started taking 20 minutes, I would be much further down the roads of learning right now. So, uh, this is all, this is where the difficulty is, is being able to find 20 minutes, find 30 minutes, find one hour if you can, but, but it can start with a very, very small piece, but you have to start with something and keep it up and build upon it. It may start with five minutes and then it's going to be 10 and then it's going to be 15 and 20, but you have to start with something and learning every day. So I, what I do is that I, I'm learning Dutch right now with other people. We I kind of stole the idea from the, the challenge and I found people that wanted to learn with me. And we have this app where we, we are kind of every time that we are doing something, the other ones get a notification. So it's like you're proud to say that you're doing something, that you've been doing the thing you committed on. And then each time someone else that you don't see is really doing something, then it becomes visible. I mean, it's instead of being hidden in your head, then it becomes visible and it becomes real time. And, and I think this is what is helping me most. I'm curious, what is that app that you use? Uh, it's uh, Microsoft To Do. It's not perfect. I mean, there are some features that I am really missing. Yeah, so basically any To Do app that you share as a team you'll see notifications from other people as they're taking off those to-dos. Yeah, exactly. That's like, I, I know you're using Todoist, which I think is also uh, great, but somehow you were, I tried it, we tried it for a little while and then we dropped because I didn't find a perfect app right now, but but what I'm looking for is this thing is that you, that real-time notification so that you can see really the movement, you can see the dynamic, okay? It's not hidden. Um, and then I'm just missing something that way you can see a bit of a progression, you know, like... 
like those uh, I think that drops or I mean the kind of the habit forming apps they more have those kind of features but then could not find the like like the team aspect of real time notification of, of what's happening no that's very clever just to, to use a to do app to uh, be able to coordinate as a team like that um and in terms of like you were saying it's not useful to have a goal of simply i want to improve my dutch so moving forward what do you see as the future of how you're going to continue with your dutch and how to make sure it's definitely going to continue pro- progressing and that you have specific things that you're uh, aiming for. Uh, my next objective right now is more to focus a bit on the, uh, the grammatica. Um, just because I studied that a long time ago and I feel quite uncertain on some structures that I want to review. So I, for the next three months, I'm, I'm probably going to try to... Um, do some kind of refresh of the basics. I don't, I'm, I, I'm just really going to look at the basics. I don't want to go into advanced grammatica. I'm not really interested in all the exceptions. I just prefer the 80, 20 of the, 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 the things that you learn from A1 to A2. I'm going to do that. And, and then I think next it's more going to be on the production. What I see is that, yeah, overall your language is, is moving at the speed of your slowest strand. So if you kind of focus on, on grammar, I mean, on, on linguistic aspect, like grammatic, I mean, I would say grammatica, vocabulary, um, uh, sentence structure and those kind of things. Um, if you only focus on, on, on comprehension, but you don't do anything on production then then it's going to stop you at one point now. So you, you, you have to move them. You can, you can go faster on one of those aspects, but then you are going to, have to uh, clear your debt on the other ones, and um, and I have the impression that from because it's difficult to to go speaking uh, when you're not fluent, most of the people tend to stay like you were saying at the beginning, Benny. Yeah? Stay in your comfort zone, stay in the things where you 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 feel good at it, and and I think this is the. The problem we have today with the apps is that they give you kind of the impression that you are good, <laughs> that you're progressing, but you're progressing actually in an artificial environment. So actually, it's it's really a threat to your learning because you, you you tend to stay into this part of your learning and discard the other difficult part that is outside of your comfort zone. And so actually, the the next one after grammatica, I think, is going to be on probably I have the chance chance of being a freelancer and I um, I can adjust a bit my way of working to uh, on the short term. So I try I think to uh, find a way to work more in a Dutch speaking environment. So so I can I can level my uh, my production. I have another question for you, and I think this will be our last question before we wrap up. And that is, what is your definition of language hacking? I think there is something with with hacking, with the idea of finding the shorter way or the the smartest way to uh, to bypass a bit the, uh, the 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 traditional way, and and I think these hacks are kind of the sh- the short way to to get to something. It's also a bit like hacking the system. No, I I think we still see language learning with the same eyes, with the same. I mean, we, we have decades of a way of learning languages like we did in school and hacking is kind of stepping outside of the system and realizing that there is another way to learn that is your way i think that the shortest way there is no one shortest way the shortest way is because it's your way to your objective instead of the way of someone else to 
standard objective of all your class or of the curriculum or whatever. So it's not like exploiting the weak the weakness of the system because you're more clever. I actually, it's just that instead of following the way of someone else to an objective that is not yours, you decide to learn the things, only the things that take you to your own objective. And as a consequence, it is shorter. And you don't need to be clever. Everybody can learn. We are learning all the time. And suddenly you're activating all this learning engine to go exactly where you need to go your own way. And in this sense, it goes faster and it's easier. That's where the hack is, I think. Yeah, very well said. I'd agree with that. So um, thank you very much for joining us today. This is a fascinating discussion. And um, we'll uh, make sure that we have a, a link in the show notes to the to-do app that you mentioned and everything else, all the other info will be down there. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Shannon. Glad to talk to you. Until the next time, I wish everybody a very happy language learning. At the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our chat with our guest. And this is something that you can try out in your own language learning this week and see how it goes for you. So Benny, what was your takeaway from this episode? I really like the summary of what the difference between the challenge is and traditional learning. And whether someone's doing the challenge or not, I think uh, it's very important what he said, that we have to do something that empowers us to be a better language learner. And I think there is a temptation when we take uh, generic language courses to let somebody else be in the driver's seat, as he said it. And uh, like, it's... It can be okay at the start, but ultimately we need to take control of our own language learning. And I like the word that he used to be empowered to direct it in a good, uh, towards a good destination. So I really liked that, that uh, way of looking at it because a lot of the times traditional learning, it does try to hold our hand in ways that unfortunately are not going to put us in a place that's going to help us learn in the most ideal way. What was your takeaway? I would have to say my takeaway was what he was saying about the four core skills and when you sometimes need to shift your focus on to just one and when you need to figure out when it's okay to work on all four. And I think the tendency for a lot of learners is to try and do everything. So we never really focus on a single skill. We just were like, oh, I have to work on my reading, my writing, my listening and my comprehension. I'm going to do all of those things all of the time. Um, but there's really real value on taking one and saying, okay, this week, I'm just going to focus on listening comprehension. This week, I'm just going to focus on reading and doing that can help you really make huge leaps forward in a specific skill. And then you can go and catch back up with the others. And so I would say that this week, if you're not already, pick one of the four core skills to focus on and see how it goes for you. So that would be my takeaway. All right, to wrap up, once again, if you're interested in joining us in the challenge and also having a 15-minute conversation in your new language, you can learn more at languagehacking.com challenge. And don't forget to check out languagehacking.com slash Patreon to get access to our long form episodes and lots of other fun exclusive stuff. Finally, if you enjoy this podcast or this episode of the podcast, we always love hearing from you. You can let us know what you enjoy about what we discuss, what you'd like to hear more of, and everything else by leaving us a review over at languagehacking.com slash review. All of the resources and links and everything else mentioned in this episode will be available to you as a part of the show notes. And until the next time, 
Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Katie Pascoe, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. Theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and happy language learning.